Hmm. Good morning, Bear Nation. I'm Bear from the internet. Welcome to our usual Friday brief, FAFO Friday. If you're new here, you know what to do. Do all the YouTube stuff. Subscribe, ring the little bell icon. Leave a comment for the YouTube algorithmic robots, please, and thank you. If you're not new here, you absolutely know what to do. Please share the show with somebody that you love. Leave a comment for the YouTube algorithmic robots, please, and thank you. Welcome to everybody in the live chat. Today's brief is, of course, brought to you by RefugeMedical.com, whom I am not a shill for. I am the founder and CEO of Refuge Medical, so I do know a thing or two about RM. We'll talk more about Refuge Medical later in the brief. Today, we're going to talk about inflation, food insecurity, national intelligence as provided by y'all. Intel at BarronDependent.com is the email address there. Talking about um, the Pfizer plant that was hit by a tornado, uh, national shortage of paramedics, and we're also going to talk about uh, bump in the night kit and uh, some perhaps lessons learned, maybe some SOPs as sent in by y'all, Intel at BarronDependent.com. independent brief, 21 July 23. As inflation finally cools, asterisk, U.S. workers are, according to NBC News, getting, quote, an indirect raise, end quote. So you're welcome. Thank you. I don't I don't know. This is based on the fact that wage growth is outpacing price growth. While that's better than the alternative, many families are still feeling the squeeze as they struggle to stretch their paychecks across all of their bills. In fact, the prices were so bad as a result of the events in 2020 and their cascading effects that overall wages have only risen about five cents when adjusted for inflation. Because I know I'm always like, man, if I had one more nickel, everything would just be fine. Um, I was listening to somebody earlier in the week talking about how... um, the new numbers that are coming out talking about inflation inflation is falling. The best way to translate that is when they say inflation is falling, what they mean is it's rising less slowly. And that's where we get this concept of wage growth is increasing faster than inflation. Um, so, yeah, good times. We'll see. Alfredo Ortiz, which sounds delicious president and CEO of Job Creators Network. Hey, can I get two of Alfredo Ortiz's, please, and a side of garlic bread? Said, quote, this destruction in the dollar's value has reduced Americans' real wages and living standards. For some goods and services, such as food, prices are up more than 20%. While inflation is finally coming back down, it remains higher than the Federal Reserve's target rate, which is 2%. And it's important to remember today's price increases are compounding off of a much higher base, end quote. Thank you, delicious Alfredo Ortiz. For the individual American, food inflation, which is at 5.7% year over year. So wages have gone up a nickel, uh, but uh, food inflation is up 5.7% year over year. That's an average. That's not an individual cases. Buenos dias, Bear Nation. Charlie C. Shalom. Hola, como esta? Bien? Interestingly, data, oh, I've skipped an entire sentence. For the individual American, food inflation, which is at 5.7% year over year, is more than the overall national inflation rate, which is at 3%. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, it's only 3%. 
Oh my gosh. Hit the mute button over there. What are you doing? Why is it like a mute or not? Do you even moderate, bro? Good morning, Tommy Salter. Shalom, brother. Interestingly, data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that grocery prices have risen more rapidly than the prices of purchasing food outside the house, aka eating out. Though, as all Americans know, eating out is still astronomically expensive in comparison. As the market recovers from severe avian influenza, the pain of purchasing eggs isn't quite so acute, even though egg prices still have a way to go to return to normal if they ever do so. All of the following food items are still higher than before the pandemic. Chicken, eggs, ground beef, bread, bananas, milk, potatoes, and coffee. I would say all of those things other than bananas are non-negotiable for me. Bananas are cool. You know, it's like a potassium bomb. But coffee, coffee. Now that the extra SNAP benefits have ended, food insecurity has tightened its grip on it the least fortunate in this country, the cost of a, quote, moderately priced meal has now outpaced per meal SNAP benefits by 15%. It should be noted that a moderately priced meal is supposed to cost $3.14. Maybe, like, maybe if you buy an, an incubated egg, I'll tell you what, splurge, buy one chick from the farm store, let that thing walk around in your backyard for, I don't know, four months, five months or so. So that's probably what, five bucks. And then you shoot it in the head with a 22. So that's like five cents. So we're at 505. And you make a couple cups of rice. Um, so that's what, another 25 cents. We're at 530. Uh, you throw in some veg. Maybe, maybe you can get a $10 meal for a family of four going here. Maybe, but it's going to take about a five-month investment. Clearly, low-income households are dealing with more serious financial pressure and food insecurity. As a reminder, student loan interest is to resume in September, September, as they oblong on the Espanol, and debt payments must start in October. The estimated average monthly bill for this is roughly $400 across only 40 million buyers, or borrowers, rather. So if we were to just multiply 40 million times four, that'd be what, 160 million? So times 40 would be 1.6 billion. So times 400, we keep moving the zeros around, would be $16 billion per month. $16 billion per month. This is expected to in turn change consumer behavior, you think? Earlier this year, creditkarma.com did a survey that showed over, over a quarter of people with such debt were using that money just to pay for necessary expenses like bills. Moody's Analytics chief economist Mark Zandi estimated during an interview with CNBC that this would probably impact the country's gross domestic product by a couple tenths of a percent. It's expected that retailers could be hit with a 2% cut in sales, especially if they cater to people under 40 years of age. What else could this impact? The housing market. Not only can one missed payment hurt credit scores, but qualifying with pr more pre-existing debts is harder too. The biggest hurdle is saving for a down payment when hundreds are being siphoned away on a monthly basis. Last year, first-time home buyers 
were 36 years old on average, and they made up only 26% of all buyers. That is the lowest level ever recorded, ever. Now, I had an interesting thought as I was climbing into the bunker this morning. There's this book that I read that was written by God. And in that book, it talks about um, a jubilee year, the forgiveness of debt every 50 years. And so you count yourself seven Shemitah years. Uh, Shemitah is the year of rest for the land. And then after seven Shemitah years, seven times seven is 49. And then the 50th year is the Yovel or the Jubilee year where all debt is forgiven. And I got to thinking about that. And because we've talked and ad nauseum on this channel about my personal stance is if you took out a loan, you signed your name on the dotted line, then you should pay it back. That balance that, I still feel that way, balance that with predatory loans. And then balance that with if we're going to have a biblical jubilee year, maybe we should also ascribe biblical principles to the fact that you do not lend that interest to your people. So just, just walk with me one extra tinfoil mile here. Biblical tinfoil. It's great. All right. Jubilee year, comma, no financial institution in the United States can lend money at interest to United States citizen. The end. And we reset every uh, 50 years. There's a reset, the Jubilee year. But that'll crash the banking system. Oh, no, no more pretend money. Ah, what are we going to do? My little green pieces of paper are actually worthless now. Ah, well, how are the banks going to make their money? Uh, lend it to the Saudis? I don't know. Figure it out. Not my problem. The reason currency is supposed to exist is so that we can trade dissimilar things. Like if I have 10 chickens and you have a goat, not that I would ever buy a goat from anybody, but let's say I got a wild hair at my ass and I decided I want a goat today. And you're like, well, I don't want 10 chickens. I only want one chicken. So then we would barter back and forth and you'd be like, all right, I'll sell you a goat for a chicken and X amount of silver. I'm like, cool, here's eight chicken and X amount of silver. You give me a goat. So the silver makes up the difference between what I have and what you have, right? That's how money work. So we can trade dissimilar things. Uh, and that's why God said, hey, you guys can't lend to each other at interest because that will debase the value of the currency. Almost like God knows what the heck he's talking about. So I guess I will say my thoughts are evolving on this subject. But if we're going to have a jubilee year, let's have a jubilee year and institute all the other financial commandments that the father gave us in the first place then I'm willing to have that conversation. <coughs> and with a profound comment, Psalms 144 in the chat, if you want tacos, I go to a mom and pop restaurant and support local businesses and not corporate technocracies. Um, yep. I love the fact that there's like a thousand sidebar conversations going on in the chat. And corporate tacos is the subject currently. Um, but I do agree. Support mom and pop, support small businesses. Speaking of which, before we get into the national intel, refugemedical.com. Thank you, Will Parker. I have today one 
ranger green stomp bag and two red stomp bags in stock we got a large uh a large volume of stomp bags came back in stock but we had such a waiting list on stomp bags what's a stomp bag seal team operational medical pack um we had such a backlog on stomp bags that what i currently have available in retail inventory at the website is one ranger green stomp bag and two red stomp bags so if you've been waiting if you've been watching hey today's your day also the store shuts down at sundown on friday and it reopens sundown on saturday after the biblical shabbat is over um i also have a handful of bare minimums bare facts adventure kits and combat lifesavers in od green that are automatically 20 percent off when you add to cart it's, a, it's an automatic discount we are discontinuing od green much to the chagrin of all of our vietnam war era uh Baron nationals out there because uh, it just doesn't have the volume of sales so if you need a kit and you'd like 20 percent off and you're not married to what color it needs to be od green bare minimums bare facts adventure kits combat lifesavers are all 20 percent off when you add to cart um or if you're just really into od green so that's refugemedical.com we'll talk more about that later in a brief but i just wanted to throw that out there now um especially with the stomp bags magic prepper people need to love od green again you know i'm with you but here's the thing the reason ranger green has become so popular is because od green can be a little glowy under nods where ranger green is not glowy under nods it's specifically called ranger green because rangers run it because it doesn't glow under nods so od green is a cool color especially if you're somebody like me that's so colorblind that I can't tell the difference between Ranger Green and OD Green until I put them right next to each other and right up in front of my face. You can't tell the difference either, and you're not colorblind. So I'm like, I'm not married to one or the other, other than I don't want to glow in the dark. Also, just a brief bear tip. Ha ha ha. Um, a brief bear tip. Um, you can have the best camouflage with low ir signature in the world if you wash your stuff with like fabric enhancers like you just throw it in the washing machine with like tide or any of those other stuff brighteners there you go with brighteners doesn't matter what cool guy camo uh you picked out your shit is gonna glow in the dark homie no my college period was spent in the woods with a chainsaw during the day and in the bar with a bottle of whiskey at night so i, I barely had walls to write on let alone with fabric softener <laughs> yeah. my private college was made of timber <laughs> and this is why my back hurts someday all right um so uh bear tip like don't wash your camo in the washing machine and if you do eat like water only or add a half a cup to a cup of vinegar to it like that's it i uh i wear my camis until they'll stand up on their own and then i literally just spray them down with a hose and let them air dry and uh, because you may not know this but sunshine is the best disinfectant literally and metaphorically sunshine is the best disinfectant you were just talking about that yesterday you only got to wash for the sun don't shine uh at what point do we get some like artificial sunshine down here in the bunker 
I mean, being 40 foot below ground really limits the availability of UV light. Um, whatever. We'll, we'll chat about that later. National Intel. Intel at bearindependent.com is your email address. If you can't spell Intel at Bear Independent, you've self-selected out of your ability to provide intelligence to the Bear Nation. 21 July 23. I'm emailing about the inactive ready reserve call-ups that are going on. IRR, you guys have probably heard a lot about this in the last six days or so. One of my best friend's former interns is getting called up. He's been out for over a year. He was with the Ranger Regiment and was slash is an infantryman. So it's not just specialist type guys getting called up. It's grunts and spec ops type units, which seems dot, 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 not good. By the way, these are all quotes. I'm not going to say quote over and over again. I've got four pages here of national intel. So these are all quotes. Next, I work in the automotive industry as a used car, aka make ready technician at one of the largest dealerships in Texas. And we're starting to see in Texas. Now, remember that in the last year, uh, fiscal year 2022, the national GDP was 3%. Texas's GDP was 14%. Okay, so this is Texas we're talking about at one of the largest dealerships. My guess would be somewhere in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, of which there are more people in the DFW Metroplex than there are in 35 of the 50 states in the United States of America. Not a small market. So I'm a make-ready technician at one of the largest dealerships in Texas, and we're starting to see a drastic decrease in work. This is directly related to used vehicle sales. As the more the dealership sells, the more work there is available for us to do. Sales are down significantly. I started seeing signs of this a month ago, but it's beginning to come full circle now. Tightened credit and higher inflation are definitely impacting this area of the economy heavily now. Next, I've been a career firefighter and paramedic EMT for about 30 years on a suburban fire department outside of Chi-Town, Chicago. During, you know, brief aside, like a 1921 Thompson with the uh, 50 round drum mag, 45 ACP, the Chicago typewriter, those things are just sexy, man. They're heavy, they're expensive, but they're just sexy. One day, one day. Guys, if I ever hit the Powerball, I'm just going to get Tommy gun in each hand. Just cause. I'm going to get my zoot suit. I'm going to get like a 1939 Chevy with suicide doors. I'm going to walk around going, listen here, she, just like that. 24 7 365 i might even get like a british bulldog with a little cockeyed top hat it just follows me around i have been a career firefighter paramedic and emt for about 30 years on a suburban fire department outside of chicago you guys are privy to one of the fourteen thousand streams of thought that fly through my head at any one time and my job is to make sure that the appropriate stream of thought makes its way in between my brain and my mouth so that it comes out of my mouth. So I don't say retarded things like, you know, British bulldog with a cockeyed top hat because, yeah, that was one of 14,000 other thoughts that I've had in the last 30 seconds. Disciplined. During our recent monthly EMS con ed or continuing education, our nurse educators stated that they are noticing a reduction of interested people seeking a career in the healthcare industry. With a few examples given, I wonder why people would be less interested in joining the healthcare industry over the last, I don't know, two, maybe three years. 
it's almost as if something happened that would have maybe undermined the good faith and trust that people have placed in the healthcare industry lately. She stated, a local hospital recently went the entire month of June without an orthopedic doctor. Another local hospital could not staff the MRI for a week, and another hospital had to shut the cath lab down and was on a semi-bypass for a week. My department recently held a test for hiring with being a paramedic as a requirement to be hired. We only had 18 applicants and a list of only 10 qualified candidates. When I tested back 30 years ago, there were 500 applicants. A fire department next to us ran a test without qualifications of having to be a medic prior to taking their test. They only had 120 applicants and ended up with only 10 qualified persons on the list also. Um, so indicator here, if you're like, I'm, I'm a young man, I'm a young woman, I'm interested on a particular career path, what should I get into? Well, it sounds like there's about to be a lot of uh, demand for emergency medical uh, professionals. So, and if where there's more demand, you can usually uh, garner a higher wage because of that demand. So you might look into that. I've talked with numerous fire chiefs, and I know they are constantly, they constantly talk about a national shortage of paramedics. Next, Intel from first person account of Pfizer pharmaceutical plant and shut down by YouTube. The Pfizer pharmaceutical plant damage in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. There was an EF3 tornado that went through that area of North Carolina that damaged uh, dozens of homes and a Pfizer plant. I got to say, I'm having a really hard time feeling any kind of negative emotion about Pfizer's plant getting hit by a tornado. Um, you may or may not know this, but one of the things that Grindstone does is disaster relief, including tornadoes. And I always feel terribly for the homeowners who have lost everything. I in no way feel that towards Pfizer, just being perfectly honest. I'm like, well, I guess there's some judgment for you. They absolutely have insurance. Yeah. Hmm. Was it an inside job like Building 7? Don't even go down that Don't even go? Okay, I won't go down that one. It's like, why did the Pfizer plant blow outward rather than inward? No, I've seen the footage. It definitely got hit by a tornado. One of my closest friends from college works at this facility. She stated that the plant sustained major damage, including the complete destruction of the warehouse that stores all medications that are ready for shipment. Official estimates are that 50,000 pallets, 50,000 pallets of injectable medications were destroyed or rendered non-sterile and scheduled for destruction. And she told me that this might be a significantly underestimated figure. 50,000 pallets. Why am I picturing our discussion yesterday about the aircraft carrier? Like, yep. <laughs> you know, like the magnitude, like what is the magnitude of 50,000 pallets? 50,000 pallets. Is that? And my brain went, Half an aircraft carrier. Half an aircraft carrier. <laughs> you know, let's let's do some quick math, right? Average weight of a pallet, it depends, right? It, a pallet of cotton balls is going to weigh a lot less than a pallet of lead, right? But let's just say average weight of a pallet is 2,000 pounds. So what's 50,000 times 2,000? Well, 50,000 times 2 is 100,000. Uh, times 20 is a million. Times 200 is 10 million. 
times 2,000 is 100 million pounds ballpark. 100 million pounds of injectable medications were destroyed. And before you rejoice, it's important to understand that Pfizer provides all types of things to the medical industry, including certain types of things that I believe the vast majority of the Bear Nation has 0% interest in. Uh, did you see that video recently? The guy from the FDA undercover video, uh, John from SOE Tactic, uh, sent it to me. Which, by the way, after you get your OD green cover, John still makes OD stuff. So if you stuff, SOE Tactical Gear. John and Amanda, they make incredible gear in the United States of America, in the MF and USA. Now, I digress. John sent me a video, undercover video of this guy from the FDA talking about how it is 100% their intention to roll in yearly shots for the China flu that happened a few years ago. I wonder how well that's going to go now that 100 million pounds of injectable medications were destroyed. Mm. Mm. Nostra Dumbass says buffering. Cool. The Pfizer plant produces over 25% of all sterile injectables in the entire U.S. So supply chains and major shortages will happen. This includes IV fluids and a wide variety of IV injectables. The local EMS community are already ordering extras to carry us through the shortages to come. Indicator. 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 The local EMS community are are already ordering extras to carry us through the shortages to come. For both your business and your viewers, this might bear considering. Yeah, I, well, I'll tell you on our side of the camera over here, um, I feel like a lot of you guys think I'm just kidding when I tell you that the DLA, Defense Logistics Agency, is on a rampage buying stuff. They have a $52.9 billion per year budget to buy stuff generally soft and durable goods. Now, some of you are fairly smart and have realized that's what, a third to a half uh, of what has been spent in Ukraine thus far? Yeah, our own DLA, Defense Logistics Agency, which is a subset of the DOD, Department of Defense, says we've spent more in Ukraine than we have outfitting our own people. Hmm, interesting. But the DLA has a $53 billion, $52.9 billion per year budget, and they're buying up stuff left and right. And scarcity breeds value, y'all. Scarcity breeds value. And so we have, at Refuge, have invested a metric butt ton of fiat currency into inventory so that we can continue to be able to fill orders. So... <sighs> Just throwing that out there. If you feel compelled by the spirit that it's time to top off on medications and medical gear, there you go. Next, I work at a fabrication shop in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. This is a really uh, cool story. On my lunch break, I received a tornado alert on my phone. Me and a few of the guys that work with me walked outside and saw it forming above us. The tornado was headed in the direction in which I live, so I called my wife and told her to seek cover, and I jumped in the truck and headed towards the house. When I was on the highway, I saw the tornado go over Westland College and start throwing trees across the Food Lion parking lot, so I stopped the truck. Wise. It tore across Highway 301 and hit Pfizer head-on. Coincidence, I'm sure. 
It collapsed a few buildings in the back and destroyed Pfizer's warehouse. So in the mouths of two or three, let a thing be established. Here's two different eyewitnesses to this happening. I couldn't get to the building because of all the debris and down power lines. So I turned around and went back to the shop and grabbed some of the boys. I have a custom kit made by Refuge Medical. It's a modified active shooter response kit that I keep in my truck, as well as some other medical kits I've put together for bleeding and trauma. So five of us got some gear and got in my truck and headed back towards Pfizer. Police had the road blocked off, so we had to get out and walk. There was a child care facility beside Pfizer. We asked people walking towards us if anyone was hurt, and they said EMS services had everything under control. We decided we'd rather help out at the child care facility where no help was at instead of offering our services to Pfizer. Luckily, no children were harmed. Praise Yah. So we used tow straps and pulled debris by hand out of their driveway and parking lot so the parents could drive up and get the kids and get them home. Of course, they opened the road back up after we walked a mile to get there, as well as notify them of the down power line location so they would be aware of the hazards. Luckily, no children were harmed, but I'm glad I had my kits, especially the refuge kit, just in case. People saw the orange tourniquets on my bag and immediately were, we were identified as friend and not foe. Just wanted to let y'all know what was going on here in humid old Carolina. Thanks, Baron team, for the kits. Shalom. And our last portion of the national intel, um, some takeaways here. So uh, I'll try and uh, be quick about this. It's the it's a good write up. It's a little lengthy, but if you are um, if you are one of those people that uh, you know is in the preparedness and you're worried about you know bumping the night. This is something that you should uh, pay attention to. Back in 2020, my wife and I, in large part due to the bear brief, packed up and moved as far rural as we felt comfortable, which ended up being about five miles outside of the city limits of a city with a population of 80,000. We lived down a dead-end dirt road where all the houses are 30-plus years old and on one to three acres. Most of the residents are retired, only a few middle-aged families with kids, a very quiet spot until last Friday night. As my wife and I laid in bed around 11 p.m. Friday night, I noticed a faint blue light in the driveway. I got up to look, and it was the console light on my wife's car, and the radio was playing. Normally, Bias told me that my wife must have left her keys in the car and turned on, so the radio was still on. Both my wife and I went outside to check it out shoeless and in our night attire. As we opened the car, we realized it has been ransacked with contents from the glove box and center console spread all over the car. I first checked to see if the firearm she keeps was still there, and it was, in the lockbox, unmoved from its, from its usual position. I then checked my truck, and all key items were still there. At this point, I went back to the house, threw on my bump in the night kit and some clothes and slip-on shoes. Many more mistakes were made at this point, but that's why I wanted to share so that others could learn from my story. First, I tried to load my 223 AR, and the bolt kept not seating. After three stuck rounds, I realized I was wasting my time and energy, so I opted for my 9mm AR that usually stays with my wife. So I left my wife in the house without a firearm she was familiar with and went outside with a 9mm that has a pistol-style white light on it that was designed for close-up indoor use. I cleared my backyard and my shed, and then my dogs triggered on something and shot across my yard. The little white light I have could barely illuminate the figure running down my fence line approximately 100 yards away. 
I watched him cross the street and run into the pasture across the street where I lost sight of him in the darkness. It was at that point I realized having a phone, truck keys, and a handheld light would have really come in handy, as well as shoes that I could run in. What's up, Chad Netherton? Shalom, brother. I then opted for my 308 hog gun with a PVS-14 attached to it to see if I could find him in the night vision. I then realized that all the random house lights and barn lights that stay on all night created very bright spots in the night vision, and there were still many dark spots I could not see. And it was at this time, a sheriff patrol car came hurrying down the street. I ran inside to stow my weapon, not sure how others feel about that, but I have seen too many cops with itchy trigger fingers, and at the speed this cop was driving, I could tell he'd been called out there, and I did not want him to mistake me for the burglars. I talked to the officer and pointed out to him where I saw the mysterious figure and which direction he went, and the officer took off to look for him. I went back inside to put on my belt and grab my rifle and went back outside trying to lay low and scan with the night vision. It's at this point I saw two people dressed in dark colors looking through my neighbor's car. Luckily, I had grabbed my phone this time and called my neighbor, a single mom with a five-year-old. My wife had texted her earlier, so she was awake, but now she was on alert. The two people dressed in dark clothes happened to be police that parked at the end of the street and were checking on everyone. But I realized then how important communication between households really is. I realized then how important Kamo really is. Yup. The police came by my house next, and after dropping my kit inside, again, I went outside into the driveway to talk to them. They told me they had multiple calls that night, and so far every house uh, that had been... So far, every house they had been to had something stolen from their vehicle, including guns and cash. I did not volunteer the information to the police, but both of our vehicles have firearms in them and metal lock storage boxes bolted to the cab floorboards, so our firearms were untouched. The police moved on to the next house as I saw multiple cars patrolling the field across my house and the street behind me. I went to bed slightly less worried around 1.30 a.m., My key takeaways and mistakes that have since been remedied. I needed a primary rifle for myself and my wife, pre-staged and ready to go. I needed a pouch on my belt to stash my keys and phone. I needed a sling on my rifle. Yup. You got a rifle. Cool. You need a way to carry it, a sling, a way to aim it. Iron sights, optics, dot sight, holographic sight, whatever. And you need a light, a white light, a good, strong white light. That's like the three minimum things that I have on every long gun. I needed to have the right type of footwear staged and ready to go. I needed some type of restraints, zip cuffs, and a handheld light on my belt. Now, this is his point five, and I will just simply add here, in the vast majority of jurisdictions, you cannot legally restrain somebody. You can't put zip cuffs, zip ties, handcuffs on somebody unless you have a badge, even if they've broken into your property. So I would research that before you go ahead and add that to your kit with the idea that you're going to restrain somebody because that can get you in a lot of trouble, even if that person has no business to be on your property. Six. Even though we live outside of a town down at the end of a dirt, dead-end road, we need to lock our vehicles. Seven, there are other neighbors whose phone numbers I need to get. Eight, having a magnified optic, low-power low variable optic, an LPVO, and white light was better than night vision. 
with how much light pollution there is even in the country. A lot of people think that night vision is a cure-all. It's not. It, it has its own downfalls as well. And it's significantly expensive to get into night vision. And then once you're into it, you need to train with it so you understand its strengths and its weaknesses. Nine. There was only one other neighbor I saw outside aware that there was a threat before the police showed up. Most people had no idea anything had happened. Lack of awareness. 10. Lastly, my wife and I sat down and talked through strategically how we could have handled it better start to finish, and we made a plan. Good job. We have a 15-month-old child, and I don't like the fact that we both went outside unarmed without our phones or keys and left our daughter inside alone. Normalcy bias is a real thing, and it caught us completely off guard, and I have been a prepper for over 12 years. I have had my bump in the night setup built for over a decade. Do not fall into the same mental trap that I did. Practice, train, communicate, and plan. Stay safe out there, Bear Nation. I fear it will just keep getting crazier. And that is the brief for today. If you are one of those people that takes this opportunity to jump off when it's time to discuss the value exchange, I bid you adieu. Beat feet, skedaddle. Get out of here. Have a blessed day. Shalom. For everybody else, we're going to discuss the value exchange. I'm going to drink a sip of water first. Thermal rifle scope, somebody said in the chat. Yes, thermal is good for acquiring targets. It's not great for navigating with. And so kind of the be-all, end-all is having night vision for movement and thermal for target acquisition. Talk about expensive. Harley Davis, here in Spokane Valley, our Winco had pallets and pallets of food that they were not bringing into the store, but were in fact taking from the store shelves and putting in trucks unmarked. What's up, Medic Mouse? So I don't know about Winco, but I do know there's a lot of other um, food distribution companies, one of which is Dollar General that comes to mind, that when something is about to expire, they pull it out of the stores, they palletize it, they send it back to their distribution points, and then they donate entire pallets out to food shelters. Ask us how we know. So it may not be some grand conspiracy of Winco pulling all their food out. That I don't know about Winco, but I know that Dollar General does that. And Dollar General is a very giving organization. And so not when something expires, but weeks before something expires, they pull it out of the store, they palletize it, they take it to their distro point, and then they give it away to people who are going to use it rather than just seeing it going bad and have to burn it or throw it out. So, <clears throat> all right, value exchange on Patreon. And there's links in the description for all this stuff that I'm about to talk about. So if you need to find it, check out uh, the description box down below. On Patreon, this morning, episode one of Chainsaw 101 posted this morning. Uh, terms and PPE had a lot of people asking questions about chainsaws. And so I've started essentially a chainsaw class on Patreon in addition to all the other preparedness stuff. And last night was the Patreon exclusive live stream Thursday, a.k.a. Pelt. And so shalom, Sister Vicky. Thank you for the DG shout out. Sister, thank you for the DG hookup. 
you're the you're how we know about this. So bless you. Um, but I digress. Uh, Patreon's five bucks a month. That's going to change at the end of this month. Uh, it will be going up, and that's because I think the value exchange there is more than five dollars per month. You will, if you're already at the five dollar tier, you'll be grandfathered at the five dollar tier. But um, the five dollar tier will be open through the end of this month only especially since YouTube continues with its shenanigans, having alternate platforms where we can pivot is really good for us uh, strategically. So check out Patreon links in the description. Refuge medical, as I mentioned earlier, I have one Ranger green stomp bag and two red stomp bags currently available. All of our products, all of our kits, our components, uh, they're all HSA and FSA eligible. So if you have a health savings account or a flexible spending account um, that can be used as long as it has a Visa or a MasterCard logo on your HSA or FSA uh, card for your account, you can use that at Refuge Medical. So I have one Ranger Green stomp bag and I have two red stomp bags in stock currently. It probably won't last the day. So if you've been interested in those, go check them out. I also have the Field Medic, which is in between the Adventure Kit and the stomp bag. It's a backpack that you can throw on your back. That's more of like a day pack than a big giant 72 hour pack. That's uh, phenomenal. We used to call it the mini stomp and calling it the mini stomp wasn't doing it justice. So the field medic is in stock as well um, in a variety of colors. Uh, let's see, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, there's other companies that claim to have a stomp bag. And uh, I think it's personal paramedic or some something like that is what they're called. They claim to have a stomp bag. And that's laughable because our stomp bag, stomp is an acronym. It's SEAL Team Operational Medical Pack that has a standard that is a written standard that your pack must adhere to and must be checked before you go operational. Every time you must have all of these things. It is a Naval Special Warfare specification on what a stomp bag is. So we built ours and it exceeds Naval Special Warfare specification on what a stomp bag is to the point where I've had Navy corpsmen, I've had uh, Naval Special Warfare SARCs look at our kits and go, damn, bro, you have more in your bag than we have in ours. Like, this is awesome. Oh, that's cool. You added this. That's a great idea, right? Like our stomp bag is a stomp bag. It's actually better than what Navy SEALs are carrying. And that's not a, it's not a brag. It's a fact. We have exceeded Naval Special Warfare specification on our stomp bag. Other companies that produce an air quote stomp bag, look at what's in it. It is not even a trauma kit. It's not even a trauma kit, let alone designed to treat the potential injuries for 14 men for in austere environments for up to seven days. Like a stomp bag is supposed to be a hospital on your back. It's not supposed to be 800 band-aids and a bungee cord. Okay. Uh, good information. Thanks, Ronnie Pay Pay. So we do have stomps in stock. As mentioned previously, if you're an OD green aficionado, when it's gone, it's gone at Refuge Medical. We have a handful of bare facts, a handful of bare minimums, combat lifesaver bags and adventure kits in OD green that are 20% off. When you add to cart in that color, it will automatically adjust the price. So um, <laughs> theirs is a drama kit 
Thanks, Jimmy James. I appreciate that. Um, but you can uh, check those out if you uh, are so interested. If you need one of these, a bear fact, and you don't care what color it is, OD Green's your guy. Or if you're just into OD Green, you've got it. If you need one of these, bare minimum, OD Green, 20% off. So uh, I've also been encouraged by the kiddos over at Refuge to tell you about the new Black Pocket. Made in America, like everything else, guaranteed forever. These used to come in tan, right? Those are tan. The pocket is tan. Yes. Right. Thank you. So you can now uh, select tan or this bespoke black, if you like. Uh, and you can also select on the product, do you want a top handle or do you want a side handle? And the side handle is cool because if you have a um, cargo pocket, you can slip this in the cargo pocket this way, side handle, reach in, pull it out. And it's got all of your trauma medicine stuff, combat gauze, compressed gauze, gloves, pressure bandage, uh, nasal pharyngeal airway, chest seals, Sharpie, etc. Um, really compact little kit. And for the price, considering that it includes combat gauze, uh, it's an insanely good deal because combat gauze is going through the roof right now. So again, all that stuff is HSA, FSA eligible. And the store shuts down at sundown tonight. It should be 8 p.m. Central time. And it'll reopen tomorrow at 8 p.m. So get in while you can. Refuge training is um, on site today, training a, a bevy, a slew, a gaggle of law enforcement officers from uh, something like 15 different agencies today in a private class, which is super cool. If you'd like to come to a public class, there are class dates available at refugetraining.com. And if you're interested in a private class, just email sales at refuge training and they'll take care of you. Refuge training, uh, in a nutshell, we teach you the fine art of how to not die. And I've covered this a hundred times already, but in a nutshell, responder one is the March algorithm. It's where you start, responder one. Massive bleeding, airway, respiratory, circulation, head injury, hypothermia, everything else. It's a four-hour classroom course with lots of physical, visceral, tactile reps and sets. Responder two is CPR and AED in a tactical setting and intro to scenario-based training, including working a motor vehicle accident and also including working a, um, we'll just say, a very emotional one-on-one -on -one scenario. That's a four-hour, about half classroom, half in the field. Uh, and then you have Responder 3, which is a 10-hour tactic, civilian tactical medicine class, which is, think about a combination of a Spartan race plus trauma medicine plus individual and team scenarios plus force on force plus a small block of instruction on small unit tactics. Um, it's phenomenal. And you can, if you want to package all of those together, you can get the essential responder. Click the essential responder. They over a two-day course that gets you one, two, and three. Responder one, two, and three. So you can check that out at refugetraining.com. And of course, last but certainly not least, is Grindstone Ministries and Caleb House. I put a link in the description to calebhouse.org. Caleb with a K. Calebhouse.org. There's also links to all the swag, uh, Caleb House t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, our brother Rex's, um, the real dope t-shirt, our brother Saw's fat stop feeling shirt. All of those contribute to uh, funding the operations at Caleb House. 
and uh, to building Caleb House Actual, the physical facility, restoration facility for juvenile human trafficking survivors. Right now, um, almost frustratingly for me, anti-human trafficking is becoming sexy. There's a lot of people that are waking up to this egregious bullshit that happens every day in our country. A lot of people are getting mad, as they should be, as I am. A lot of people want to do something, as they should be, as I am, as we are. 90% of all dollars raised in the United States of America for anti-human trafficking are spent on awareness. Well, now that you're aware that there's a problem, if, if you would like to support an organization that actually does something about the problem, please visit calebhouse.org. Caleb with a K. calebhouse.org. We do stuff. And uh, if you'd like to fight back against the evil that is the trafficking of the father's kiddos, check out Caleb House. Grab a t-shirt from the link below. You can also visit grindstoneministries.com. Sign up for the email news blast. All the links are in the description. It is day of prep, and we have, I'm sure we all have multiple things that we need to accomplish today. So with that, I leave you. I appreciate every one of you very much. I hope you have a blessed day. Shalom.